At this time, I'd like to ask you to turn off any cell phones, papers, or other electronic devices for the duration of the clinic. Dr. Dan Moore is a practicing holistic veterinarian known as the National Horse Vet for Century Dr. Dan. He has been featured on RSDTV as Dr. Dan Series, as well as on the Outdoor Channel. He is the founder of the National Horse Vet, an online source of information, products, and services about natural alternatives. Dr. Dan's mission in life is to find alternatives to drugs and chemicals for people, pets, and horses. And he has formulated dozens of products for all three. Today, Dan Moore's DDM will be presenting pending allergies, itchy skin, and other equine dermatological challenges. Please join me in welcoming Dan Moore. Thank you all. Can you hear me now? You can? Everything's good? All right, good. Oh, I hope everybody's doing great today. We're going to have a good time for the next hour, and I want to get everyone's questions answered during this hour if I can, especially with regards to allergies and icky skin and things like thrush and white line and scratches and all those icky things. Anyone have any of those problems? Wow, unbelievable. Okay, um, well, that's not good that you have all those problems, but hopefully we can not only uh, give you some answers for taking care of them, but also help you prevent them if you don't have them yet. Is that fair enough? Sound good? Okay, good. You know, allergies are, first of all, let's just say this. Let, let me, let me kind of um, go back, way back in history. You know, allergies themselves, the word allergies is kind of a new word. You know, a century ago, there wasn't even such a thing as an allergy. Did you know that? There was no word allergy. I mean, can you imagine allergies way back when there were just Indians around? They had to creep through the through the forest to sneak up on their prey, and they're sneezing as they go through the woods. You know, it just, it just doesn't happen. You know, they didn't have problems like that like, like now. But uh, our environment has changed so much that there's a lot of stuff in the atmosphere, a lot of stuff in our, in our feed and our... Uh, that, that, that we're exposed to is just an issue. And certainly bugs are one of them too, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But, you know, um, so why do we have them? I mean, the environment is definitely an issue, but uh, there's been a tremendous amount of uh, great care to our horses that maybe has affected allergies as, as well. Um, how many of you... Uh, have seen a situation where, let's, let's just start with the icky skin with regards to say scratches or thrush or white line. Can you, can you bear with me a minute and kind of, uh, understand that I kind of have a different approach to healthcare? I'm not your traditional veterinarian, so I'm not going to give you that traditional approach where you go down the road of steroids and antihistamines, okay? That's not what I'm going to do today. Uh, most of the cases that I see allergy, icky skin, strangle, or not strangles, but scratches wise, uh, especially with allergies, they've already had a lot of money on allergy testing. They've already spent maybe $1,000 on allergy testing. And that allergy testing comes back where they're pretty much allergic to everything. Anyone have a case like that where they've spent a lot of money already? Absolutely. And, you know, can you imagine a, a, um, a horse being allergic to flies? Weren't horses made to live in the wild? You know, a, a, a horse allergic to pollen or to, to grasses, weren't they made to live out in the wild? 
you know, what have we done to them today to make them so susceptible? What, uh, what have we done to them to make their immune system so hypersensitized today? That's really what it is, the hypersensitization. Uh, now, the sad thing is, conventionally, pretty much all they have to treat allergies with is allergy testing, uh, I mean allergy shots, uh, or steroids or antihistamines. Now, sometimes they work, but unfortunately, many, many times they don't. And many times it just comes back with a vengeance anyway. Then you want to have a situation where they maybe use allergy testing and, and treatment, and then they still have problems. It's not uncommon is the point I'm making. So I want to kind of take a different approach, and rather than just covering up the symptoms with steroids and, and antihistamine, uh, you know, go to the root of the problem. You know, actually help the horse take care of himself, help the immune system take care of itself. Because I learned a long time ago that, you know, I really don't heal anything. You know, healing is either from within or above. And when you give the body what it needs, it can take care of itself. But I didn't used to think this way. And I used to use all these drugs and all these chem chemicals and everything. But today, you know, my thought process has changed. I used to be negative on what I'm going to talk about today. I used to be really negative on what I'm going to talk about today as far as anything natural or anything um, uh, out of the ordinary as far as veterinary medicine goes. I, you know, I went to vet school for, uh, at Auburn. My daughter's in vet school now at Auburn. You know, we tend to get brainwashed there a little bit and just thinking that there's an answer with drugs and chemicals for everything. And we tend to forget about other alternatives. But there are ways, and uh, fortunately we're going to share with, with you some of those today. Um, now, with regards to anything on the skin, can you think with me just for a moment that the skin is an extremely large organ in the body? We tend to think of just the skin as the skin. But the skin is an organ. You know, it takes in stuff and it gets rid of stuff from the body, just like the kidneys and urine and feces and the liver. Can you think that maybe if you have a rash or an itchy skin or, um, you know, maybe just about anything red on the skin or fungal looking that just maybe the body might be trying to get rid of something? Does that make sense? Okay. They didn't teach us that in vet school, but when I later in life, you know, sold my veterinary clinics and kind of had a more open mind to health care, um, realized that, you know, the body can get rid of stuff on its own like that. You know, it, and in fact, there's actually a, a, a law, it's called Herring's Law, it's a homeopathic law that says that, um, as something gets closer to the head, it's worse for the body, and as something gets further away from the body, it's, I mean, it's better. So if you have a thrush or white line or, or something in the feet or in the legs, the body is trying to, it's one of the first symptoms of the body trying to get rid of something. Okay? If you have a rash on the body, it's where the body is, it's a little worse than thrush or white line. Okay? It's actually more closer to the head, so it's more of a problem. If you have a facial rash, it's a major problem. I mean, not just from appearance, but, you know, in the same way with our horses. If you have something on the head or on the upper part of the body, it's more of a problem than lower. Now, you may 
disagree with that. You might think the crush and white line are a lot worse, or scratches are a lot worse than an allergy, but they're all pretty much the same anyway. The body's trying to get rid of something. Is that okay with everybody? I mean, it's okay. So if the body's trying to get rid of something, why don't we help it, help it get rid of it? Instead of maybe putting something like a medication on the skin or um, some type of fungal solution or um, some type of yellow spray that actually says right on the label that it causes cancer, you know, why don't we try to help the body get rid of it instead of just putting something on it that could possibly interfere with the body's healing mechanism. You know, there's some studies out there in children that just using topical steroid creams causes, or there's a direct correlation between topical steroid creams and ear problems. There's another law or another condition where we think of, or that we know about it, holistically speaking, called suppression. And that is when you interfere with the body trying to do something, like putting a topical cream or a spray or something on a lesion, or even a skin lesion, it actually makes the problem worse. It drives it in and you have worse problems. Um, you might even have liver problems. You might have lung problems. You might have any problem um, as a result of just interfering with the body's healing mechanism. Y'all think I'm crazy? No? Okay. I mean, some do. <laughs> Some do, but it, but holistically speaking, this is a different way of thinking about things. So what we want to do is we want to help the body to get rid of stuff instead of just trying to cover up the symptoms. You know, with, with people and, and medicine today, it's the same way. Most people are on a half a dozen different medicines today. You know, what kind of consequence do those cause? Everything that we put in the body, especially if it's something synthetic, has some type of consequence. And the problem is we'll take a medicine and then maybe for arthritis or, or uh, cholesterol or something, and then we have some other problem that occurs. I mean, just look at the ads on, on TV for erectile dysfunction, forgive me, children, or for uh, mental issues, things like that. You know, they, why do we have so many problems like that today? I think a lot of these cholesterol medications that decrease the fat in the body are a big problem with these. With, with these. You know, every, the brain, for instance, is 60 to 80% fat. The spinal cord is, is mostly fat. The nerves in your body is mostly fat, and half the world's taking some type of medicine to decrease the fat in the body. It's no wonder we have problems. Off the subject a little bit, but it's, I just want you thinking about what you put on your horse, what you put in your horse, what you put in your body, you know, what you suggest somebody else take. Everything has a consequence that you put in your body today. Um, we could talk about that all day long. We might talk about that this afternoon a little bit. The whole, it's amazing what you can do when you really truly think about fat. Fats are important for skin issues. Another, another point I want you to understand, but good fats, not the only reason, by the way, a, a low-fat diet works for people or helps some people is because you're getting less of the bad fats by having just a general low-fat diet. Our fats in our diets today are all processed. They're all hydrogenated. They're all 
you know, you know hydrogenated fats are killing us. I mean, it's kind of becoming mainstream now to think about that. So we're eating butter instead of margarine. Well, with our horses, guess what? We're still giving our horses hydrogenated fats. Every commercial diet has hydrogenated fat in for a horse. Feed in a bag has hydrogenated fat in. I don't know of any that doesn't. There might be, and if there is, please tell me. But they have hydrogenated fat, and our industry hasn't recognized that as an issue in our horses yet. Okay, but they're making every cell in the body like a little plastic bag, or like a little plastic ball, these hydrogenated fats. You know, like the skin of a basketball, that's the membrane of a, of a cell looks like that. And with these hydrogenated fats and these commercial feeds, it's making the cells like plastic balls so the nutrients can't get in and the junk can't get out. Okay? So if you have an allergy horse or an icky skin or any thrush or white line or whatever, can you think with me that you don't want to be putting this kind of junk in your horse? You know, so we'll talk about feeding a little bit too. So we've already covered two main topics. One is we want to help to get help the body get rid of the stuff that it might be exposed to that's causing a problem. Um, and then second, we don't want to put more stuff back in that's going to cause a problem. And while we're on that, let's talk a little bit more about what other things besides hydrogenated fat you might be putting back in. Well, what about um, uh, dewormers? Okay, rotation. You know, I, 15 years ago I was talking about the need to stop deworming on a rotational basis, to stop just deworming because the calendar says it's time to deworm, which never made sense to me. You know, yes, all horses are exposed to worms, right? No question about that, but they don't all come down with it. Just like we're all being exposed to the flu today, but we're not all going to come down with it. But whichever horse has the best resistance is going to be the one that doesn't have worms. We do thousands of fecal exams every year in our lab. Some horses have worms, some don't, some never do. But the majority of the people out there are still giving that dewormer every two months, still giving that. Well, I had a veterinarian stand there. Actually, he was giving a lecture before me in Raleigh one year. And uh, he asked if he could stay to hear my lecture, and it was all on deworming. And I thought to myself, oh, man, okay, that's good, because you know I'm not your normal vet. I don't know what this guy's going to throw at me. But anyway, I was there, and I was talking about this, talking about resistance and chemical dewormers and, you know, how if they don't have them, you don't need to treat them. You know, do fecal exams to check for them instead of just indiscriminately giving the, the dewormers. And this vet stands up and says, do you mind if I say something? And I said, oh, Lord, here it comes. Anyway, he said, I just want everybody to know here that this is a conventional vet now. He said, dewormers are poison. He said, you give enough to kill the worms but not the horse. But we've, and, I, and I said, thank you, Lord. But anyway, we have over-dewormed so much that we have resistant species today of worms that nothing's working for. Not to mention horses that are full of chemicals. So does it make more sense to you that maybe you should check for them first? And then if they have them, treat them. To me it does, and it's been a very effective way to handle parasites. We used to do that before um, these paste warmers came out. There's some politics behind deworming, and I won't go into that. But before these easy-to-use paste came out, we used to check horses for worms. We used to do that when I first got. Now, I'm an old-timer, but we used to do that. 
check them for worms because way back when we had to pass this tube down their throat and actually deposit a medication in their stomach. We didn't have these easy-to-use paste. And the pellets that you put in their food didn't work at that time. So it was a little bit of a risk and time-consuming for the veterinarian to pass that tube down into the stomach. Well, when these easy-to-use paste came along, they, um, they convinced us that uh, use this. You're going to make just as much money using this as you are taking all that time to pass the, the thing down the, down the nose, and we all bought into it. The problem is when they became resistant to that first product that came out, then there was another product that was a little stronger, and then a little few years later that didn't work anymore. Then there was another product that was a little stronger, and then eventually we had a product that was so strong that if your dog gets a hold of the empty tube, your dog's going to die, right? So, but what we've done, and then, now here's one more, I'm, I want, I'm saying this because if you have an allergy horse, you've got to think about using less chemicals and drugs in your horse. But then after time, that very first paste that came out, their patent ran out. So what do they do? They put it in a daily, and of course it didn't, a lot of resistant species to it anyway, but they put it in a daily and tell you to use it every day double the strength of what's in the face and tell you to use it every day. Oh, sorry. And can you see how that might be a problem if you have an allergy horse where you're just giving chemical, 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 chemical every day? So just covering up the symptoms is not going to work. You've got to think about not putting more junk in the body and you've got to think about helping get rid of what's in there. Now, how do you get rid of what's in there? Well, what we found is, is antioxidants. I mean, know, I know what the term antioxidant is. You know, this junk that's in the body, besides causing the suppression, making things worse, uh, oxidants are like the body rusting. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you expose metal to air and moisture, it rusts. If you expose the body to oxidation, you know, oxygen molecules, it rusts. And these oxygen these, these, um, is good for the body as far as breathing, but as far as the cells, it can cause damage. It's called oxidation. You can just use the word rust instead. But um, free radicals is what oxidation causes, and that's the rusting process. And it's kind of like taking a Super Bowl and throwing it in a china shop and that these free radicals are just going everywhere, causing oxygenation, causing rusting in the body. Well, antioxidants helps prevent this rusting effect in the body, basically. So that would be a good thing to put your horse on if you have an allergy to help get rid of the junk in the body. Antioxidants. Now, your typical antioxidants are just things like vitamin C, vitamin E. That's traditionally what you'll see on products out here as far as antioxidants. But there's better antioxidants. You know, we with, with our products at the Natural Horse Vet, we use things like grapeseed. How many of you use grapeseed in your horse or heard of it? But we actually introduced grapeseed to the market about 13 years ago. And the reason was we took horses. I had one horse at our practice that had uh, COPD, heaves, which is another form of allergy, basically, an allergic uh, immune system issue. That, uh, that we were able to, we had nothing except steroids and antihistamines to treat these things with, what they use today. But I had seen such tremendous results from grapeseed in, in people that I decided to try it in horses. But I didn't have a 
a good source except these little capsules. So we were, I was breaking open grapeseed capsules and feeding them to the horse. And lo and behold, this horse that came into the practice that was had three feet in the grave and the last one slipping after a month went home. You know, two, three more years worth of showing and pleasure out of that horse, the horse went home. And when he came in, he was just skin and bones because he spending so much time breathing. So grape seed's been a tremendous antioxidant for us, and it is in almost every one of our products. Um, and with regards to grape seed, we also use it in a product to help keep flies and mosquitoes off. We have a product called Bug Check. Now, there's a lot of knockoffs on a Bug Check product right now. People trying to copy us and so on. The Bug Check uses grape seed because it fortifies the skin, strengthens the capillaries, just makes them more resistant to biting bugs. Bugs aren't the problem with allergies, but they're many times a trigger. So if you have an allergy horse, you want to definitely put them on some type of product there. But you don't want to use your sprays and chemicals because you're just putting more stuff back on them. You know, all of the products that we've got have been developed for my practice because I don't use drugs or chemicals anymore. You know, I needed natural solutions to common problems, and so we put together multiple products like the super potent antioxidant. We call it health check, like bug check. You put it in the food, keeps the flies and mosquitoes, ticks off your horses. Uh, that's two main things that would be great for an allergy horse. Make sense? Okay. But grape seed is just one of the ingredients that's in bug check. Has a little bit of garlic. Garlic is um, is good. It doesn't work by itself for flies and mosquitoes, but it does help provide a good source of sulfur. It has a little bit of diatomaceous earth to help with the larvae and the manure. And then it has some B vitamins. B vitamins are kind of expelled through the skin and helps repel bugs. So I'm saying this because it's not so much to promote a product, but to let you know you've got to take care of bugs if you have uh, allergies, skin allergies, because they are the trigger. The immune system's the issue, the junk in the system's the issue, but they are the trigger. But you don't want to be using these sprays and chemicals and things like that for the most part. That makes sense. Uh, it took me a lot of combinations to find the right mixture of those ingredients we just mentioned, but finally after about 150 we got it right, and tens of thousands of horses now have benefited over the past decade. So, um, allergies in the lungs, COPD, keys that you want to call them, that's very much an issue too, and you can consider treating those just like you do allergies on the skin or in the or the scratches on the feet, or the thrush and the white line, they're all related. The body's trying to get rid of something that's become so hypersensitized that it doesn't know how to react anymore. Now, I'm going to touch on a controversial subject here, and some of y'all might even get up and leave. Some of y'all might be mad at me and disagree, but I hope we can at least agree to disagree. But another subject is vaccinations. If you have an allergy horse, you have got to take a look at your vaccination program. And before I go any further, I just want to ask each and every one of you a question. When was the last time you were vaccinated? Don't tell me. But how often do we vaccinate our horses today? My gosh, folks. Back or, can you just imagine that we might be over-vaccinating? Ooh, sorry. Over-vaccinating, you know, there's a whole controversy out, out there over autism and children being related to vaccination. Government doesn't say it does. I guarantee you it does. 
I have no doubt. I can put you in touch with a thousand other doctors and things. I, yes. Oh, good question. Sure, since dozens of companies that do these, make these vaccines do studies. Sure they do. But I'll give you a little story on that. I, I mean, do they mean well? Probably so. But they have heavy metals, no question. Heavy metals are a major issue. You know, mercury, thimerosal, it's in a lot of vaccines, or it's mercury. Remember the old methylate that we used to use, for those of you that are my, my age, you know, burn like crazy, and methylate was mercury. That's why we don't use it anymore. It was mercury. We were putting mercury directly on our bodies. No wonder half of us aren't dead. I mean, we should be dead, much as they use on me, but it's mercury. You know, we got mercury in our teeth. We're exposed to mercury. Mercury in our vaccine. You know, if if, if you had a child that um, were vaccinated for everything that they were supposed to have, probably by the time they were two year old, if they had all the vaccines, and you put those vaccines in a pond out here somewhere, or the heavy metals from those in a pond out here, they'd probably call the guys in the white suits to come and clean up the heavy metal toxicity hazardous waste. But yet. We're putting heavy metals in our children. We're putting them in our horses. And, you know, we're using other proteins. They, they grow these, you know, pig products to put in horses. When I was in vet school, I had them just to get, but we had to have rabies vaccine. I didn't know that I could fight it. I didn't know that I, my daughter's in vet school now. We had to get a religious exemption for her not to have a rabies vaccine in vet school. It was, it was a requirement for vet school. We fought it to the sea. They finally said, well, we can't make you. Well, they sure don't tell you that. They make it sound like they make you. But anyway, when I was in vet school, I had I was the guinea pig for rabies vaccine. I had a human diploid vaccine, they call it. I had a rhesus monkey vaccine. That was, I wonder about AIDS and all that stuff this day and time. You know, from anything from a monkey, you're not going to put in me today, I promise you, based on what I know. And then I had a, a duck embryo vaccine for rabies. I mean, I was a walking basket case for months. My arms swelled up. I got warts on my feet. Couldn't even walk from these planters, from these warts on my feet. Again, looking back, the body was trying to discharge something through the feet. No doubt in my mind. Crazy? I don't know. But at least that's the way I put it together eventually. So, if you have an allergy horse, You've got to at least consider the consequences of vaccines, too. Now, your vets today are slowly coming around on that, just like they are on deworming. Today, it's almost mainstream, veterinary medicine-wise, force-wise, to do fecal exams because we've created these superworms that nothing's working for. And the same way with vaccines in small animal medicine now, it's a major controversy out there whether to vaccinate or not. You know, the, the American Animal Hospital Association many years ago even came out with a recommendation that we should no longer vaccinate just because the calendar says so, that, but that we should vaccinate based on the individual need. Thank goodness. And that's becoming mainstream small animal-wise. And if you go to your vet, you know, they're probably going to evaluate what they give you vaccine-wise. They're just not going to go to the refrigerator and pull out the same vaccine series for every pet. But we haven't done that yet in horses. Now, there is a standard protocol that the American Association of Equine Practitioners recommends, and, and that's good. I mean, at least the thinking's there, you know, to, to set a basic standard. 
um, and not just vaccinate for everything new that comes down the pike. And that's pretty much been the history of vaccines, right? I mean, West Nile and everything else, the common fever. Um, and then they scare us to death with all these problems. You know, you got to have this, you got to have that. You know, West Nile's here, and you got to, I mean, wouldn't you agree, even with deworming, you go to some of these producer meetings and show you all these ugly pictures, and, you know, you're just scared to death not to do it, and you think, you're made to think like you're not a good horse person if you don't do it. But it's your job to at least have some idea of your horse's health. You know, your vet, don't just leave it to your veterinarian, because your veterinarian gets a lot of information from the, just the drug companies. I mean, I've been there. I know. You know, we read the journals and so on, but even those, you know, they're, sometimes they just don't think out of the box. But equine is about five years behind as far as vaccines goes, as far as the small animal medicine goes. And you'll find over the next five years, mark my words, that they'll be vaccinating less in horses. Can I hold the questions till the end, if you don't mind? The uh, question was, what about vaccinating a horse for rabies? Well, let me just give you my my thought on vaccination. Here's what I do. Now, you got to work it out with your vet. That's fine. You know, he's going to want to vaccinate probably as much as he can. But I don't vaccinate for anything under any circumstances unless it's required by law. That's me. I have 250 horses. I know. I'm stupid. I'm a glutton for punishment. But it's your test herd, okay? Everything we have is taste tested and everything, with their, that's how I justify it. And it's, you know, I love them. But we have horse, we have four stallions. We have horses coming and going for breeding, obviously. We show every weekend or trail ride every weekend. We have a lot of potential for exposure is what I'm getting at. Our horse, and there's other horses on the farm that belong to other people that are totally vaccinated same exposure. Our horses aren't any sicker than anybody else's on the farm. Period. If anything, they're healthier. Uh, and let me point out one more thing. When I was in Egypt a couple years ago visiting veterinary hospitals, um, and in Egypt it's a dirty place. It blows my mind how nasty Cairo is. I mean, they had garbage all up, piled up on the back streets. They had horses and mules picking through the garbage. They had, I mean, you felt so sorry for the, for, the, for the carriage horses that you wouldn't even ride in the carriage. You wanted to pull the carriage yourself and give the horse a ride. But they did have tetanus in um, Egypt. They don't vaccinate for anything in Egypt, okay? They did have tetanus. Now, I guarantee you, we've all led to, been led to believe that a horse always dies from tetanus. They have tetanus. They go home. I mean, if they catch it early, it is treatable, is the point I'm making. Okay? But they, but I might question them about other diseases. You know, they have other problems, too, just like we do. They don't really vaccinate for anything because it's just a beast of burden to them, you know. It's all they can do to get them to give them any humane treatment, much less vaccinate them. So, but they don't have any more diseases than we do, except, you know, they do have tetanus, but it is treatable. So it is and based on my results and what I've seen there, um, at least I want you to think about vaccines a little bit. Okay. So we've covered a lot of stuff. Anybody have the time? Because I want to get answers, questions.
So, oh, we got plenty of time. Good deal. Okay. So, um, we got to help get rid of the stuff in the body. We got to not put more stuff in. And, and we got to think about some routine stuff that maybe we want to at least decrease. You know, whatever you can work out with your vet, whatever's in your, in your heart, you know, do what you need to do. But if you have an allergy horse, you need to be thinking about all these things. I'm seriously. Because they're not going to get better if you don't stop putting the stuff in and if you don't help it get rid of it. You're just going to get on this vicious cycle where it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Now, I want to touch on thrush and white line. Same situation. You know, it's something in the feet the body's trying to get rid of. The last thing you want to do is put some formaldehyde based product on there. You know, we tend to think of it like a fungus. Well, the fungus is there, I'm sure, but if it were just the fungus that was causing the problem, wouldn't every horse that were exposed to this fungus on the farm have the same problem if that were just the problem? I mean, can you think that maybe we need to work on that immune system instead of just treating the fungus, not put more stuff in that the body's trying to get rid of? You know, help the body get rid of it? Does that make sense? I mean, that's, to me, that's just common sense there. But yet we tend to treat them all the same and put all this stuff on them, put, you know, formaldehyde-based products, uh, petroleum-based products, acetone-based products, and all these hook, hook dressings and so on. You know, the last thing you want to do is do that. You know, again, you want to help the body get rid of this stuff. And then with thrust and white line, of course, you want to put them on a product to help the hook grow faster so it's, at least the hook grows out over the problem as well. Okay, scratches. I want to touch on scratches because that is a nightmare for people. Anybody have a scratches horse? Okay, some some of them. Scratches is kind of the, seems like the worst of all as far as icky skin, allergy type situation. They call it mud fever in some places. You know, is it related to mud? I think it is a little bit, but not just because of the moisture. A rain rot's kind of the same way. Um, you know, we all tend to think of it as a fungus, but it's not just a fungus. It's the immune system. It's the stuff trying to come out of the body. But don't just go treating your horse with antifungals for rain rot. Don't just go treating your horse with antifungals for scratches. In fact, the more you do, the longer you're going to prolong the problem because you're interfering with that body's healing. Um, scratches, you've really got to pull out the big guns because it's painful for the horses. Uh, and the body is just, I mean, it's just, it's an area where there's not much circulation, both the hooves and the legs, there's not much circulation anyway. So you, all these things that we talked about, you got to consider, but you probably want to add some natural anti-inflammatories to that antioxidant. And we do have a product for that. Actually, it's a joint check product. It actually has all the antioxidants in it that we talked about earlier. It's in our health check, but it also has astragalus, boswellia, um, great anti-inflammatory. Because there's a lot of damage there, a lot of pain with regards to that. Okay. Um, any? I'm ready to take a few questions now. Yes, ma'am. Anything, I, an excellent question, thank you. Anything that we have naturally that will help sarcoids? That's, that's, that's a real interesting question because sarcoids, again, are the body trying to, to destroy? I mean, any cancer, the body's trying to wall it off. 
you know, is trying to get rid of it. So what it does, it kind of cuts the circulation off to it, or increases circulation for a while, and it kind of walls it off in the same way with the sarcoid. Everyone know what a sarcoid is? If you have a gray horse, you know, or a white horse, you know what a sarcoid is, probably. But it's, I think it's an accumulation over time of these toxins in the body. So you put something topically on there and it just makes it work. We, we do have a topical product. It's called Grape Bomb. It has a grape seed and other herbs in it that you put on topically. And then again, you help the body get rid of this stuff and not put more stuff in. And they usually do very well with sarcoids, for sure. Yes, sir? What about rain rock? Rain rock, okay. Um, it's pretty much what we've talked about. It's still, we tend to think of it as a fungus. Moisture does affect it just because it makes the environment more likely for the fungus. But I, I still think the main problem is the body trying to get rid of it, just like with an allergy, just icky, icky skin, the same situation. The body's trying to get rid of something. So rather than treat it with antifungals and the iodine shampoos and all that, you're better off not even doing that, in my opinion. Just again, the antioxidants uh, to help get rid of this stuff, and um, in the future, be more concerned about not putting stuff back in. They do very good. It, I mean, if you'll put them on it, and, and and we also have an immune boost. We call it Allercheck. That what that does is has an ingredient called arabinogalactan, which is from the uh, the from the western larch tree. The Indians used it for centuries, and what that does, it helps modulate the immune system. In other words. If it needs boosting, it boosts it. If it needs calming, it calms it. Um, I mean, even even cancer is like an overactive immune system, if you think about it. I mean, it's, it's the body trying to discharge, but it's hyper-excited and so on, just like an allergy. So, same situation. I mean, they're either relatively easy to treat, these, these problems. Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, the question is, have I ever come across a horse who's rubbed his tail completely off? Not completely off, but I've sure seen a lot of allergy cases where they had chewed their skin raw, that's for sure. Um, and now sometimes with tail rubbing, uh, again, I think there's a genetic issue there for one thing, because they are really tough sometimes. You gotta be aware of pinworms too with tail rubbing. Uh, so you need to do fecal exams and see, sometimes pinworms don't show up on fecal exams, but you can many times see them right around the rectum. And the way to check for them is to get a, sounds gross, is you take a piece of um, cellophane tape, you know, and put on the rectum and send that to the lab, and they'll show up under the microscope the age way. Yes, ma'am. The question is, have I ever used tea tree oil? There's a lot of people that use tea tree oil. As a group of holistic veterinarians, we tend to get together from time to time because we're kind of, out there in left field somewhere, and we pat ourselves on the back and feel a little bit better because um, we tend to get put down a lot. But anyway, as a group, we pretty much decided that that it's that it's acts it's it's almost so strong that it su suppresses. In other words, it works more like a drug than it does a natural product. So most of your holistic veterinarians aren't going to use a lot of tea tree oil for that reason because we don't want to just take over for the body. We want the body to heal itself. But I think it has its place. There's places for it. Yes, ma'am. Neem oil. Man, that's, you're up with stuff. That's good. Neem oil is probably going to be something used a lot more in the future. We actually have, or neem in general, neem powder. I actually spent three weeks in Mexico just studying neem oil, just 
looking at neem plantations, talking to local people down there, finding that because I, I, I think it has some tremendous benefits as far as parasites, as far as um, uh, treating parasites. And you're going to find it in more and more topicals as time goes on. You're probably not going to find the oil um, in uh, too many internal preparations, but it's great for killing bugs topically. So um, I think it's got a, a very healthy future. Yes. For what? Oh, turkey mites. Well, again, when you have a mite or a lice situation of any kind, they're out there everywhere too. You know, they're 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 there. Now they're worse, obviously, in some places if there's been turkeys there or a deer there with mice. But a horse that has an immune system that's in tip-top shape probably isn't going to have a turkey mite problem. Right. So what you want to do is put them on a bug check, you know, keep them on that. That will help the flies and skis and ticks so they're less likely to even get them in the first place. And, of course, that does help the immune system, too. One thing we do need to talk about briefly, real quick, and that is the feed. You know, we talked about commercial feed having these hydrogenated fats, and, and you know, quite frankly, today with the commodity prices the way they are, probably every batch is going to be a little bit different because what they use is least cost analysis. Even though it's the same product, same name, same everything, there's still going to be differences in each batch, and that's not good for an allergy horse, right? And because least cost analysis, are looking at protein, fat, carbs, and so on as far as the final analysis. But they might even have, who knows what they're going to use to get to that final analysis. You know, if they have barley cheaper than wheat or wheat meals cheaper than whatever, they're probably going to use it. And it's going to probably be in a pellet form, so you're not going to know the difference. Anyway, might have the difference of the label, but read the label if you would. But um, uh, by the way, would you agree with me that pellets are cooked? Do you know any horse that eats anything that's cooked in the wild? You know, when you cook something, wouldn't you agree that a lot of the nutrients are gone? Very high heat process for a pellet. Now, there may be some pellets that are just fresh, but most of them are cooked. But with regards to commercial feed, one of the things you, the, probably the most beneficial thing you can do for an allergy horse is to get it off a of commercial feed. That's the number one thing, probably. At least if we just do that alone, horses with allergies, skin allergies especially, do better. Because of the changes batch to batch, because of these hydrogenated fats, because of who knows what else is in these foods, byproducts or whatever. But, what do you, but what's your alternative? Well, what do horses do in the wild? They graze, obviously, they get grass, but what type of grain, if you need to feed a grain, what type of grain would they most likely to come across in the wild? Oats. Oats. Oats are fantastic for allergy horses. They're fantastic for metabolic horses. Don't believe the stuff about oats making horses hot. Don't believe what, they, what you might have heard about hot starch. Oats have the lowest starch in any grain. Now, you don't want to overdo it and give them, you know, massive amounts. That might make them hot like they used to be racehorses. But oats are the closest thing to natural. They're easy to balance as far as the other nutrition. And they're oats or oats or oats or oats or oats. So if you have an allergy horse, a stable diet is the best way to go. Now, oats are not complete as far as the nutrients goes. 
especially with young stock, you know, there's not enough calcium in oats. So you never want to just give a horse just oats. You still need to put the supplement, some type of supplement on top of the oats. But that's the way to make sure your horse is getting the right supplements is to put it on top of the oats. And I, I want to give you an example. If you're feeding feed from a bag, read the bag when you get home. See how many pounds it says for whatever weight your horse is. If your horse is a 1,000 pounds and that bag says your horse needs 5 pounds a day, he is getting, and, and you give him 5 pounds a day, then he is getting the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes that was added to whatever they mix up to make the food. If you have an easy keeper, you're only getting one pound, he's getting one-fifth of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes that was added to that feed. Well, that negatively affects the metabolism even more, and he's going to become more of an easy keeper. If you have a hard keeper, giving him 10 pounds, you're getting twice as much as the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes that was added to that feed. The beauty of oats is you can give them that one pound oats or whatever that horse needs, put the supplement right on top, put the good fat right on top. Uh, we have two products for that, just that oats and weight check, and that's his food. That's his food. And, and that way you know he's getting what he needs. One other thing with regard to feed, and this is critical, and I want to make sure everybody gets this. Rocks, blocks, are totally useless for a horse, in my opinion. They cannot get what they need when they need it from a rock or block. Salt block, mineral block, whatever. There's, they get too much of what they don't need, trying to get what they do need, and what they do need may not even be in there because it's man-made, it's chemical, or uh, they just can't lick fast enough to get it when they need it. That's the big problem, besides the chemical processing of them. Horses are not lickers, and when they... When the weather changes, the grass changes, when the grass changes, the horse's needs change. To me, the biggest cause of collar, chlamydiasis, and founder in a horse is, rock, is, is some type of salt or mineral block. Not because salt or mineral is a problem, but because they can't get what they need from them fast enough for when they need it. For instance, the grass. It thinks it's going to die. One thing it's going to do is suck. We want water, right? If we had a hurricane coming in, we want to put some water back. It conserves water by pulling up, by using the potassium molecule to put water into the plant. Okay? But when it pulls that potassium up from the ground, that potassium, if a horse is grazing at that moment in time and he can't get a big gulp of free choice loose salt and mineral versus licking himself to death on a salt block, that potassium actually changes the acidity in the gut just like that. And you know, any change in the gut of a horse rapidly is catastrophic. Potential for colic, laminitis, abortion in your mares, you name it. So if you don't do anything else, throw away your salt and mineral blocks. Come by the booth and I'll show you a natural alternative. In the desert, it used to have every, that has every mineral known to man, but probably micronutrients we hadn't even discovered yet, by the way. But, uh, you know, they are a big cause of the problems, too. Is your rock, is your rocks or blocks or salt or mineral blocks? That makes sense? Nitrogen is the same way, but, and, and what, what do we put on our fields for our horses? Nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. You know, that's fertilized, right? Nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus. 10, 10, 10. What happened to all those other minerals in high school that we learned about on the periodic chart? We're not putting that back on the ground anymore. You know, we need to be. If you, if you live in an area where there's some form of 
natural fertilized versus you know rock blocks or, or or I mean ten 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 size fertilizer. Use it and use a lot of calcium. Use a lot of lime because that's probably the most beneficial thing you can do for your ground is to heavily lime it. Lime's great. They can't eat too much of it. It's just awesome. Does that make sense? You don't take anything else home. Take that home as far as rocks and blocks. Our form of salt and mineral is called red cow. It's from the desert. It used to be the ocean. Every mineral known to man is in there for the feeding. we got the just that oats, which is what man knows they need to balance oats. we got the good fat. We call it weight check to help with the, with the feed as far as the fat. You've got to have good fat to burn fat. Fat's around every cell. you got to have it. That's what man knows they need. The red cow from the desert that used to be the ocean kind of picks up all the pieces for maybe things we hadn't even discovered yet and replaces the, the salt and mineral block. Okay, you all got a lot of information today, but I'm going to try to answer as many questions as I can in the meantime. That's you and then you next. What's yours? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Okay, good question. Okay. Okay. Okay, I got it. Right, she has a buckskin, thin-skinned horse that breaks out on the midline in the spring. Um, you know, again, it goes right back to the same that she feeds oats, which is great, but she doesn't supplement. Okay? You had to just add oats, the essential fatty acids, and the weight check oil. You get them on the bug check to help keep the bugs off because that's related to that on the midline. And you get them on the free choice mineral. And you might be all right even without the, the health check and the hour check to boost the immune system. It's just changing the feed. Well, if you, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's probably culicoides. It might be some other type of, you know, I'm sure it's some type of bug that's causing the reaction on the midline. But at the same time, if you work on the immune system, if you help them get rid of the junk, a horse should never have a problem with bugs, no matter what they are. You know, they're designed to live in the wild. Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, thank you for asking. I always forget to tell if you just go right back there in that corner, I have no clue what the number is, but it's that way. <laughs> go to this uh, second row right there where those clothes are, and down you'll see us on the right. It's a natural horse pet. And by the way, we have a website, naturalhorsepet.com. But if you'll stop by the booth, I'll give you a CD, a DVD, a magazine, uh, and we have multiple websites that we can help you with. And I'm always available. On Ask, we have an Ask the Vet click at naturalhorsepet.com. I don't charge anything for answering questions to help you with your problems. If you don't get your question answered here today, please go there and I'll try to help you online as well or call our 800 number. But um, we have a natural health newsletter. You can sign up for that at the booth. Uh, check out our products. And I really appreciate everybody being here today. this makes sense? And if you didn't get your question, I'll answer a couple more questions. But please come by the booth and I'll try to answer more. Way back in the back there. That's just what, exactly what we've been talking about. We'll fix that itchy skin. Yeah? 
So he's looking at his fist. He has a horse with itchy skin that literally chews on a salt block. All that's exactly what I was saying earlier in that they oftentimes overconsume what they don't need, trying to get what they do need, and what they need may not, is not in that block. That's why they need a natural source of salt and mineral. That alone will greatly help. Get rid of the block, you know, free choice, loose salt and minerals, stop by and we'll show you what an alternative is. Yes, ma'am. Feed pulp, thank you, thank you, thank you for asking that question. What about feed pulp? Folks, I don't like feed pulp at all. It sucks the nutrition out of the body. It's just fiber anyway or potentially a lot of sugar. Last thing you want is a sugar high and a sugar low and a sugar high that, that's wearing the pancreas out, wearing the adrenals out with a sugar low. And beef pulp is just fiber, you know, so, and potential for negative stuff. So why not just give more hay, you know? I just don't like people. And besides that, beets are a root that they use a lot of pesticides on. So especially with an allergy horse, and by the way, there's, there's, there's no, people use beef pulp for everything in the world. Some use it to lose weight, some use it to gain weight. I just don't like what it does to the body. You know, I'm not normal. Most will disagree with me, but I, with these, I just don't see good results with it. I see negative results. Okay, a couple, yes ma'am. Sweet itch is exactly what we're talking about as far as getting rid of the junk in the body. Um, you're not putting more in, but with sweet itch, especially like in these Icelandics, I think vaccines are an issue there because you got this is a perfect example. You got Icelandics that that never had a vaccine before they came to this country, and then we super vaccinate them just to get here, and then they have all these skin issues for a long time after they are here. And I think it's vaccine related as well. A little heavier on the bug check on those. Uh, it works in every case. You just got to whatever your situation needs as far as the amount. Okay. Yes, ma'am. About what? What? What about steroids not working? Fly itch. Okay. The steroids. What about steroids not working? Steroids. Steroids can, at one point in my life, I thought they were a wonderful, wonderful drug, you know, when I just had all the conventional medicine treatment, because they pretty much cover up every symptom in the world. And it makes you look like a hero when you go to your vet and your dog's itching like crazy and they get a steroid shot. The vet looks like a hero because your dog does better for a while, and then guess what? You've totally screwed up the immune system with them, and then it's worse the next time. So you go back and you get a little stronger steroid, or you wind up on some medication that has steroids in it that you give every day. I don't like steroids for allergies or skin issues because they just cover the symptoms. They confuse the body's healing. They confuse the body getting rid of stuff, and they just suppress it, make it worse, in my opinion. I'm not normal. But that's my opinion. Yes, sir. Fertilizing grass hay, is that necessary to... Okay. For, uh, let me clarify this on fertilized. Fertilized today is nothing but nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. Okay? Potassium can be deadly. Nitrogen can be deadly. All you're doing with fertilized anyway is making the grass grow better. But the problem with that is it's growing with just water because it's sucking the water up into the plant. It's not making a more nutritious plant. 
it's making more volume for the farmer to get more price because the hay's bigger, it's nice and green, and so on. But it's not necessarily healthy for the horse, especially if you don't have a natural source of salt and mineral to balance it. Calcium is the most beneficial thing you can do. If you can find a natural source of fertilizer locally, um, uh, maybe a fish meal in your area or maybe a mine product somewhere around that has all these minerals in it instead of just nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus. That's the best kind of fertilizer. And there's one more aspect of fertilizer. We're actually uh, hopefully going to have a, a soil analysis kit soon for people to test their own pasture and then we're going to customize a feeding program where based on the soil because the horse is only as healthy as the soil. Okay? But um, uh, we tend to forget about the biological aspects of soil, the living things in the soil, and just focus on the chemistry, which is the fertilizer aspect. We already have a product we call Pasture Check, which does focus on the biological aspect. It helps the soil live better so it's healthier. It ha um, and by the way, earthworms, fertilizers are killing our earthworms too, which is a major problem, because that's where the soil gets oxygenated from. Uh, worm castings are fantastic, by the way, for uh, fertilization. Okay, folks, I'll be, well, let me get one more, and then we'll go. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Okay, good. Well, just what we talked about. She has a horse that has a lot of facial issues with allergies-wise, and of course that means it's a worst-case situation, um, and um, all the conventional stuff didn't work. She actually found a holistic remedy that did work, and there are some homeopathic remedies that help allergies, too. Now, I didn't go into those. I actually can't, I do practice homeopathy, but the, the problem with that is um, until you get the nutrition right, nothing else matters, you know, as far as I'm concerned. I love homeopathy, but Allium Sepa is a good one for the skin. Uh, if you don't know about homeopathy, I just suggest you go search about it, okay? It's incredible what you can do with homeopathy, too. So that's, that's, that's actually, I still recommend getting off commercial feed and, um, you know, the hour check, club check, health check, whatever. Thank you all so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you. Y'all come by the booth if you have another question, okay? Apple cider vinegar. Ah, good question. I don't use it because I'm afraid that, uh, I mean, it's obviously going to affect your pH. I'm headed that way right now. If you go to those clothes and go that way, it's on the right before you get the cashments. They do have a question. Okay, cool. Come on by. That's great. We'll walk that way, answer them as we can. Um, it has a, you know, uh, vinegar changes the pH, obviously. And any animal with a horse, I just don't like to change their pH rapidly. And that's my only concern with um, apple cider vinegar. Now, some people swear by it. I haven't had much luck with yeah, it. I use a little bit of apple cider vinegar in the feed, right. some, and then I also mix it with water. Uh -huh. Well, if it works, use it.
Yeah. 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 Yeah.
if you touch something and you get a reaction, it's hypersensitive. So I don't so much look at what the diagnosis is and could care less about the diagnosis. You know, it's just the name that somebody gave something. It, it's, it, it's hypersensitive. So what we want to do is, is focus on the immune system. You know, and again, get rid of the junk and focus on the immune system. You know, that I would definitely suggest the Allocet, uh, no question, because it, it, it is an immune modulator. It actually can calm the immune system if it needs it. It can boost it if it needs it. It's uh, an awesome product for that. Uh, I definitely recommend that for sure. And anytime you have that hypersensitivity, then you got to look at the minerals. I mean, the red cow that we talked about, you know, the free choice salt and minerals is from the desert. It used to be the ocean. No question. Well, then she's the only reason they won't eat this is they're either getting too much salt from somewhere else, possibly from the feed, or from some other supplement that's mostly salt, or from too much potassium, and which is the deadly aspect of it. So, you know, a horse that won't eat salt has an issue of some sort. You know? I would venture to say that if, if well, she needs this, I'd recommend. That's Mother Nature's product like we talked about. If she didn't eat it, then I would actually put a little bit on her food every day just for the potential risk of too much potassium. Let me give you a sample on it. And um, that's the red cow. I also want a sample. But, uh, that's their salt and mineral. Uh, I just, when you get home, just open a, you know, when the feed bucket's empty, just pour the pour some in there and let her have all she wants. She eats a little bit of it, let her have a little bit more. Okay. That's the way you use it. Just let them have all they want all the time on the red cow. And then you think for the actual, for the hyper it should be the... I'd recommend everything that we talked about, but definitely, this is a feeding program here you saw earlier. I definitely recommend the Allocheck. And if you look at the health check, they're kind of similar ingredients, but they're totally different concentrations and everything. This helps get rid of the junk, the health check does, and this is it for the immune support, the Allocheck. Yep. And uh, let me give you a CD as well. There you go. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I have a pale question. Okay. I have a big Every summer, about July, he starts rubbing his tail. Uh-huh. And from then on, he ends up rubbing his tail. Okay. He doesn't have Okay. I take him to the That's great. That's good. Okay. Smart. Good. Okay. First thing I do is just put him on bug check. The bug check is loaded with the grape seed, the B vitamins, and so on as well. That may do it alone. And I would, I would really give as much as it takes to take care of the problem. In other words, I'd start out at a scoop a day, and I'd see how that does for a while. If it doesn't do it, I'd increase it to two scoops a day. If it does help, once it starts helping, I'd back off a little bit. Not that it's a problem, because it's only healthy if you ate the whole bucket, but it's just the economics of it. But I would find whatever amount it has, whatever it takes to help take care of it. DVD. Enter a DVD, too. But I, I, that's where I would start. That's where I'd start. Thank you. Is with the bug check. Well, I I do think in some in some horses there's even a little more two tail rubbing. I think it's more. I think I can't say for sure, but I I feel like there may be some genetic aspect to it. 
Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Got a book. Can I talk to you about But I would be real surprised if the bug chat didn't help. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Be sure to check all that out. Listen to it online. Everybody sign up for a natural health newsletter, too. Here. Hand these around. Should have passed these around earlier, but there's your natural health newsletter if you want that, and we also give away a vacation every year, and you'll be signed up for it. We don't sell our names or anything like that, though, either. Mailed up. Just I don't have any samples on it, but I can show you what it looks like. I have a broken bucket, but I don't have any samples. But they, they all read it. I've got a Okay. And I'm getting ready to move her to a very grassy green area. Oh, man. Okay. And I'm trying to see what information I can get about Founder Great for her. I haven't had any issues with her for about a year. She hasn't had any leg problems, hasn't been lame or anything. This past winter, I did give her a little bit of the pellets, but it wasn't a whole lot. It basically had a little inflation or something through the winter. But she mainly gets hit. Okay. Okay. Um, everything we talked about applies to her too. I mean, lamb I mean, remember we were talking about the fertilizer, the lush green grass is really a concern. The number one thing you can do is the, the red cow. All she can have all the time. That will help prevent more than anything that I can tell you. So she's got a crest. I'm going to talk about that this afternoon. And just a fat, crafty neck torsion. But everything we just talked about as far as feeding specifically applies to her. And she needs, she really needs the whole feeding program as well. You know, the Just Fat Oats, the Weight Check Oil, and the Red Cow. And with the crafty neck, she even needs the high mag version of Red Cow. And uh, let me show you in there. I'll circle these things for you. Yes, exactly. Yep. So page four, right here. If you'll follow this to a T, it's not really. It's really cheaper than regular care, or at least like no more than regular feeding. Uh, that that all that alone is going to help take care of it. But I'd recommend the high mag version instead because of that crusty neck. We do have a. Critical care product that'll hasten the um, that crusty neck going away. I'm going to circle it in here. It's pricey. You still need the feeding program, but the critical care hypothyroid insulin resistant. I mean, your horse is a, if he has a crusty neck, he's an accident waiting to happen again. I mean, he's got a laminitis ready to come again. He's found a ready to come again. Real serious issue. I mean, you need to consider pulling out the big guns, the feeding program for sure, maintain that, but if you want to help, um, I'm sorry, that was the wrong one, this one, if you want to hasten the, that, get, help that crusty neck go away quicker and get that metabolism back in shape, a tub or two of that critical care uh, overweight insulin resistant will help, but it's pricey, real pricey. But this other, this, this right here. Much better than what I get in Let me answer that. Let me answer that. If I can, give me one second. Okay. I have a horse. This is Sky. It's all that skin and the hair and stuff coming off his face now. It's right on his neck. Okay. Oh, he's on the K-Hound 
living with my sisters right now and thinking about work in November. One of the very since then, happy, hey, combo. I thought he was getting dead next to the um, I used um, name and tail medicated treatment on him. Okay. We did deworming and all that, but I believe in all the natural stuff. Okay. It's kind of like grandma's right. remedy. Right. Ourselves. We talk, clean the skin up, and just go from there. But it is now it's on this stage. Okay. He's around a lot of steel. We have steel. Mm -hmm. Oh, this chemical, when he got caught up in that, my neighbor's also burned trash. Mm -hmm. Not like the full horses were out from that. Okay. But he's the only one that's very susceptible to. Okay. Okay, so two issues that we got to deal with, you know, of course, using the topical on the skin, that goes back to that suppression that we talked about driving in, especially with it being a medicated product, okay? And then um, something else you said there, what was it? What else did you do besides on the skin? Um, we, let's see, we had the main tail, the medication. I'm sorry. I was watching him with that citronella, which I put doing that. Okay. I think it's a lot of Like bug sprays, I'm really trying to find your job. Sure. But we were spraying it because it was a lot of stuff. Okay. So I, and he's really sensitive. Yeah. Well, I mean, it still goes back to the same thing, sensitivity. You know, the hour check would be ideal to start with and the bug check of course if the bugs are a problem and then help detox too with a health check and you know think about the feeding program. And wash them. What should I wash them with to just clean his skin up right now? Uh, just water. Just water? Just water. Yeah. Because he's a roller. I mean he loves to roll. I mean I've been keeping his wild cotton. Right. Grazing and stuff. So. Right. So and he's always on those I eat oats all the time too. And by the there you go, with right. uh, feeding and a health check and the aller check. Right. And that was probably going to do it. All the prices, by the way, are on page 38. There's all different options here as far as right. prices go. But, but I wouldn't worry about washing it as much. Just with I mean, just an oatmeal shampoo, if anything. But the problem with that is, and even with the shampoos, and I, I need to get a shampoo or something, but, but you know, they're full of sodium lauryl sulfate. You know, if they suds good and they look like they work good, then they're full of junk. That's the problem. One of our friends suggested Dawn detergent. No, Dawn will definitely take the fat off, but I wouldn't recommend it. It's a degreaser. You don't want to degrease the skin. Okay. You, I mean, you really don't. Uh, I wouldn't suggest that. Uh, just, you know, just brush him and clean him. And, and I wouldn't do much to the skin right now, period. You know, if you have to wash this, use the water. Okay. Yeah. Topically, you could put our ugly, stinky grape bomb if you have actual sores. Yeah. That I mean, it's ugly and it stinks. Okay. It's ugly and it stinks, but it is. I mean, it looks like something left on the side of the road, you know. But, yeah. oh, man, it's awesome for anything topical, okay. grape seed and some other ingredients. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. you know, the real key to the skin is from the inside out. You know, not not topical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Okay. For sure. That's fine. Well, the bug check will actually help with the the nerves too. Yep, definitely. All right, thank you. Okay, red cow. I'll give you one. Most minerals, by the way, are man-made junk. 
there's like selenium. Selenium is a waste product that's compromised, okay? Potential for arsenic and everything else, just in as an example. There is absolutely nothing like red cow. It is Mother Nature's minerals. It's not man-made mixes of other industries leftovers, okay? This is literally from the desert. It used to be the ocean, so it was from an ancient seabed. So every mineral known to man is in there, but also all that stuff that was in that ocean when it was destroyed by a volcano or whatever is still attached to those minerals. So that's kind of what we call a chelation, but it's natural chelation. It's not man-made chelation. It makes it more bioavailable, all that organic material, all those dead fish, all that. I mean, there's whole products out there that sell nothing but health. You know, but this was everything that was in that ocean is still attached to those minerals way back in there. So it kind of fills in the pieces maybe for what man hadn't even discovered yet. Okay? Uh, and, yeah, and it's unbelievable as far as the results. Two bags are 160 and that's a show special. It's normally $96 a bag. And that is the single most healthy thing you can do for your horse. Yeah, like, that I know. We got away from it. Now, um, I'm not gonna buy this milk because I don't want to carry it around. Well, you wouldn't have to. When you get when you get ready, just let us know and write it up. We'll set it back here, and then whenever you're ready to go, you can borrow a cart and carry it, take it out to the car or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But you can, you know, store it here during the day or whatever. Okay. Are you familiar with a product called Oxygen? No. No. I'm just wondering, now, we're feeding our mare, she kind of does, we're feeding her at 12% PC. Mm, don't do this. Please okay. don't do I, I got a good way from that, and I've known that, but it's not a product I've wanted to switch to just because, okay, so, you know. Here's what you want to, can I tell you what you want to switch to? This is what you want to switch to right here. No, 12% is too much protein for a horse anyway. On the run? On the run. I don't care who they are. They need energy. They need good energy. This weight check oil is going to give them good, healthy energy. And all your essential fatty acids, too. This red cow is going to help oxygenate the blood. Okay? So I've got oxygen. I mean, that's good. No question about it, though. We've had, uh, had one standard bred mare, four-year-old mare, set a new track record in metal land. That's incredible, okay? And then, so you're going to switch from whatever volume of feed you're giving now to oats. Thousand-pound horse, you're going to get a scoop of the Just Add Oats, a scoop of the Weight Check Oil, and free choice on the Red Cow. If you're running, obviously, the Joint Check, too. Uh, and, and how much is the... Uh... This is going to, and the larger sizes, it's going to run about 67 cents a day, 19, it's about $19 a month. This is going to run about $19 a month, too. So you're, you know, you're looking at 40 bucks a month for the supplement, but the oats are, you know, cheap compared to your feed. Right. Yeah, and then you got the red cow, which is pennies a day. Something they should have anyway. Uh, and it's pennies a day, too. But that's the whole feeding program, and this is the good fat, the real good fat. It's not going to make them fat unless you get more of it. Two ounces a day is going to either help them lose or help them maintain. With a performance horse, though, you can give more if you need it. You can give up eight ounces a day. How gradual do you got to change it over? Honestly, you know, most people just do a cold turkey. But, you know, common sense says it takes a couple of days and add a little bit of those to the feed you're given and do a couple of days. Makes sense. And now with the bug check, I came in a little bit late on your uh, thing. With the bug check um, and, and the wormer, you just, because I agree wholeheartedly about the, the wormer, it really bothers me. I've been, you know, I've been switching and all that. But anyway, I want to be working out. Now, this keeps it from the inside gone. The bugs. 
Well, if that's the work. Oh, a bug check doesn't. We don't promote it as a dewormer. Diatomaceous earth is in it. Diatomaceous earth in a lot of products. Diatomaceous earth is often promoted as a dewormer. It is not a dewormer. It will help, but never rely on just easy alone. Don't rely on our bug check for just worms. You know, it's not designed for it. It's designed for flies, mosquitoes, ticks. Keep those off. That, and and your, all your probiotics. It has actually loaded with probiotics for the gut bugs, okay? It's a good, healthy supplement that works from the inside out to help keep these bugs and so on. It's not 100%, but it's awesome. But never with regards to parasites. We're going, I mean, bug check may help intestinal parasites. I legally can't even tell you that it will, but we do a lot of fecal exams, and it's... They're very successful as far as their results, but you still need to do fecal exams. I don't care what you use for parasites. Okay. okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So this is what you just just. This is the just add oats. That's a two month supply of just add oats. This is this is two month supply of the weight check oil. This is forty nine ninety nine. This is forty ninety nine. And this size bigger bag saves you about twenty thirty percent. Okay. Okay. And um. And then the red cow is free choice, like we talked about. Okay. Well, then, so um, you want me to ring it up now or later? We can do it. Absolutely. I tell you what, Mom will fix you right over here if you All don't right. mind on that. All right. Wonderful. Let me give you this. Okay. And if you'll get me your name and address, or, there you go. She can. She. She's gonna. Okay. Whatever. She's gonna get some product. In. She's going to bug check, or uh, for sure, the, I think they're just add oats in the weight check. Yeah, I'm going to take instructions. All right. And um, I wanted to show you something. I have a mayor that, oh, it's your phone. That in the summer, just recently, it started getting these type of lesions. Mm-hmm, okay. They get a center on them. Mm-hmm. And then they turn into that. Mm-hmm. And then, oops. And then you get into that. Ugly. I realize. Now, I turned into a staph infection. Sure. Like, I had a vet who, um, I'm going to get my better judgment. I um, kind of dried up, and he told me no to put a poultice on it, and I mm-hmm. it underneath and made it look like this. Mm-hmm. But okay. um, in the summer, she had two bouts with this now, the two years we've owned her. Okay. It's turning to, like, boil, sure. and then blow up like this. So, I'm assuming it's an allergy. It's usually bug bites. Mm-hmm. Well, no reason in the summer. Right. And so would the bug check be something I should really seriously consider for her? Definitely the bug check. And I would use probably on this horse looking at her probably two scoops a day, which is four times the maintenance amount. Okay. There's nothing but healthy for it. Definitely do that. Yeah. I definitely do that and I would use this topically okay. if it occurs. This is great topically for anything. But then I'd also the feeding program that we talked about. I do oats. So okay. Um, I mean, I, I have a, I do a, I add crimp oats to what I, what I, but she's a real Yeah. Well, with oats, though, you still have to supplement. Right. And this would be what I'd suggest for that. This makes oats complete as far as what man knows they need. Oh, okay. That's what we suggest add oats. Uh, and then this is the good fatty acids. Got it. Okay. So these two, the right? And then free choice on the red cow. Got it. Okay. And uh, that's on page four there. Okay. We're, we're running to another session. And we'll yeah, right there. Page Thank four. Thank you so much. Well, You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. I have a horse who had low-grade scratches all last year. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't bad in the fall, but it caused some a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could 
cocaine that okay. I can tell. Right. But it was bad enough to suggest and I couldn't figure it out. Okay. I quit, Not uncommon. I quit doing anything. Okay. Because um, I was tired of, of making it worse. And spending money. Yeah, <laughs> and spending money. And okay. it's better. Good. But there's still a spot. Okay. Okay. And I'm fearful that a spring ride we could make it work and work again. Well, it may or may not. Again, we talked about the body trying to discharge stuff. It's great because you could put stuff on it, interfering with the body, and the body will seal itself, which is good. Now, you know, we can help that. We can still help them detox with a health check. We can not put more stuff in like we talked about, and I would recommend that. Um, if I had to go with two supplements or with a supplement, I would really suggest their joint check. Okay. And the reason is the anti-inflammatory benefits from the stragglers and Boswellia. Everything that's in the health check is already in the joint check. So you're going to get the detoxing effects as well, you know, the support of the detox. And... And the glucosamine and the chondroitin that's in there actually is a part of any connective tissue growth, including skin. So if he's already on a joint supplement, like a mean amount of fat, they can put him on a joint supplement? Absolutely, or just a cold turkey. And this is probably less expensive anyway, and way more as far as benefits than any joint check I know out there. Okay. And let's, I mean, it's a, you're getting two products in one, for one. I mean, right. Joint health check alone is like $46 for a two-month supply. Um, joint check is only $69 for a two-month supply. So you're getting two months of joint check for, what, 25 bucks. The joint aspect. Yeah, if you just think of, but even sixty nine ninety nine for two months supplies, way less than most products out there anyway. Yeah, crimp is six percent more efficient than whole, but the problem is once you crimp them, they start going rancid. So unless they're freshly crimped, I don't. I just use whole oats. But if they're crimping them, you know, on the farm or right there, you know, yeah, in the pick them up. That's okay. So the uh, Purina, for instance, they sell a crimped oat, but it's not really. It's just wa- steam crimped oats, they call it. It's just washing steam is all it is. They're fine. They're, they're, they're good. But, um, and then topically, on that spot, I'd put this. Right, yeah. Okay. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, how are you? All right. Good. Okay. This is about a dog. Okay. Good. She's 40 years old. She's a German Shepherd mix. Mm-hmm. She has been on pills because she can't hold her pee. I forget mm-hmm. what it is. But it's the same right here. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Mm-hmm. But she, I think she has joint problems because of medicine, and I don't want her to be on this medicine anymore. Right. But I don't know what she can have because if she doesn't have something, she leaks urine. So, and they say they say the reason why she does that is because she was sick and she's well, that that is it's a hormonal issue because of lack of estrogen and it can cause you know the very problem. Yeah. But not always, just sometimes. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd put her on. Two things, because she's an older dog. Well, she's four. Yeah. Is that older? No. Okay. No, I thought she, you said she had joint problems. Yeah. Okay, not joint problems. Well, not she because she's old, but okay. Yeah. I think, uh, still, because, I think it's because of medicine, but I don't know that. Well, I can't say either, but regardless, regardless, I would recommend the joint check for pets, okay, okay. because it will help teach off the past medications. Now, everything that's in health check is already in joint check, 
but this will help with whatever's going on, help support the joints too. Okay. So we're going to have two benefits from this. It's really like two products in one. Okay. So I do that. And then I would also suggest this as well. This is your um, omega fatty acids. Okay. Just put this on top of the food um, with hormones. Yeah. Fats are very much a part of hormone production. Okay. okay. One of the reasons today, one of the reasons that um, hormones are a problem for people today, of course, is the reduction of fats like we talked about yeah. in the diet. Yeah. But also pesticides and herbicides and drugs and so on. The, the, the early structures of fat is similar to the earlier to the structures of these herbicides and pesticides. So they kind of displace the fat too. They interfere with the production, if that makes sense. But anyway, you want good fats when you have a hormonal problem, is what I'm saying. Okay. And this, these two alone may take care of the problem. Please let me know one way or the other. But I have had some success with those, that very situation with these two products, and that's what I would suggest. Because I, I just wondered with that pill, if that was giving her joint problems, because she's only football. Well, I can't tell you for sure because yeah. I haven't used drugs in so long. I mean, right. I don't know. And then, I mean, how long has she been on that one pill? A year? And it's gotten worse. I mean, she'll just lay down. It takes her forever to get up. It's like, well, yeah, I know she's just laying, you know. I would, I would highly suggest both of these, and I would also get her off commercial feed, just like we talked about with horses. The best commercial commercial food I've found for pets is called Inova, I-N-N-O-V-A. I would recommend that. <laughs> Need a pen? Yeah. I-N-N-O-V-A. It's the best all-natural diet of it. Right on yeah, you can write right there. What was it again? I-N-N-O-V-A. That's what we feed our dogs. Maybe five years from now I'll have a good pet food. But that, that's been a good one. I will say this, that um, um, well, I've just had tremendous results with that particular pet food. Both of these, I'd say, you know, the directions are on it. One teaspoon for 20 pounds. Just the directions are on that, too. That's a two-month supply for a... Two months, 60-day supply for $20 dollars. So if that medicine is making her joints have problems, would that do it without taking this? I mean, no, i do them both. I would do them both. They're both going to help. This is going to help detox. This is going to help provide nutrients for the joints themselves. That's going to help the joints somewhat too, but it's also going to help um, provide the essential fatty acids as well. She's our baby now. So, no, I understand. You know, that. She's only yeah. four. Oh, I totally understand. And she's not a full shepherd. She's got her mom was a full shepherd, and, and her dad was part husky and part shepherd, so she doesn't have that hunk in her back, you know. Right. So it's not. That's, yeah, and you may want to consider the. Uh, I'll give you show you the prices here. You can decide what you want. I'll circle them in here for you. Yeah, how much do you I'll show you. It's not expensive. Not that bad anyway. So we're looking at the joint check for pets. And there's your different options. I mean, you can go all the way up to that. That size is not going to do too much for you. If she's, how much she weighs? 113. Yeah, so you're going to have to consider like a three pack of the 24. 
this one right here, that'll save you a bundle, or maybe the five pounds. There's all kinds of options there. And then the Omega Check, there's your options there. You know, you can get a, a four-pack. I don't have any gallons of it here, but you can get the four-pack, and that'll save you a bundle right there. That's four of those. And that'll last a long time. Yeah, you wouldn't have to keep it, leave it here. But this is the joint check. It's a big dog. There's all different types of options there, but you're probably going to at least want to consider the, the three-pack of the 24-ounce. That's going to give you, um, you know, a couple months there anyway on that. And she's a big dog, so. And there's even a five-pound available on the joint check as well. Okay. And then on this, there's a four-pack. That's okay. right there. That lets you figure out what you want. That's what I'd recommend, though, for sure. You'll you will see a difference with these two products, no question. I mean, you'll see a difference in the coat. You'll see a difference in the way she gets up and down. I mean, if you don't, you call me. You let me know. We might have to tweak something, but I'll be real surprised if you don't. As far as taking away the problem of urination, uh, I can't say for sure, but I'll be surprised if you don't have. I mean, just the simple fact that she feels better getting up is going to help, you know? And remember how we talked about fats being the neurological aspects being related to fats? Well, you know, that's what this is going to help. It's going to help the nerves, too. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. That's just the brand of it, Inova. Um I want to say it's California Naturals, but I'm not sure. If you just Google Lenovo, I-N-N-O-V-A, uh, another version is Evo, E-V-O, but Inova, Inova is going to get you where you want to go. Carries it. Um, we just have a little store at home that carries it, a little natural pet food store. But um, it's not that hard to find. It's just national brand. In fact, Procter & Gamble just bought them, some to think of, which... You know, I, I've talked to both sides there, the people that's involved in that sale of the product to them, and they've assured me that they're not changing anything in the formula and so on and so forth, so I think we're going to be okay there. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for All right. Y'all take care. Thank you.